Oh, yes. It's backdoor cover. It's Tuesday. Brad, hit the high point. You know what to do. Let's go. What is happening? Welcome to backdoor cover. I am Micah. I am joined by Bradley Key. Brad, how are you? What's up, Micah? What's happening, my bro? Oh, you know what it is. It's Tuesday morning as we record here, and uh, we're breaking down all of the action in hoops. We're going to talk Conor McGregor. We'll maybe even talk about the All-Star game. I mean, I don't know. There's there's all sorts of stuff going on out there. Uh, how are you feeling, Brad? Feeling pretty good. I'm not going to lie. I didn't watch a single minute of the All-Star game. The only updates I got well, was from the Titan High That's because it isn't, it isn't until tonight. But uh, oh, were they doing a home run derby? The derby last was night? last night. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's what it was. Yeah, I, I just saw all I sorts of conversations going on, and it was really some awesome, uh, some awesome meathead display by uh, Peter. Do I understand correctly that the best pitcher is also the best hitter? Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. In the league, well, uh, how yes. did that happen? Uh, Shohei Otani uh, is is basically Babe Ruth. He is starting the All Star game as uh, the pitcher and will also lead off as the hitter. He's leading the, I, I think the big leagues, but certainly the AL in home runs, um, but did not win the home run derby last night. That was won by uh, Mets slugger Pete Alonzo, who I think won last year as well, and put on an unbelievable meathead performance where he was just like smashing his chest and yelling, and uh, it was really something. Uh, you would have liked it. I bet Garza was just over the moon. Yeah, he really digs on that uh, that meathead behavior. Yeah, Brad. Uh, Brad has uh, <laughs> an amount of yeah full uh, transparency home renovations going on. Going. Yes. Uh, well, you, we, you hear salt. There it is. There it is. Uh, Brad's going to do his best to keep his mic muted when he's not speaking. So we'll try and make it better. And Brad, you can keep that mic muted because I'm about to promo and promote Micah's Read of the Week, the newsletter, and Micah's Read of the Week, the podcast on Mind of Micah. Uh, today on Mind of Micah, uh, there's a new piece about the invisible addiction, caffeine. Is it time to give it up? Caffeine makes us in- more energetic, efficient, and faster, but have we become so dependent on it that we need just need it to get to our baseline? Mm, serious question. We're talking about that on Mind of Micah all week long. Subscribe wherever podcasts are found. Of course, My- Micah's Read of the Week, the newsletter, it's available for free every Monday in your inbox around lunchtime. Uh, episode or volume fifty out this week. We're, we've almost made it to a full year. Haven't missed one yet. All right, Brad. Let's uh, let's talk about the hoops. I think that was enough on uh, home run derby. That's pretty much all we got. the The uh, All Star game is in Denver uh, at Coors Field tonight. Uh, Otani, the big star here, as I mentioned, starting the game and leading off. But the because of the All-Star Game, the NBA Finals has an extra day of rest in between Game 3 and Game 4. Uh, game 4 will be Wednesday night instead of what would the normal cadence would be uh, Tuesday. The Bucks uh, won Game 3 in fairly convincing fashion. Uh, now trail the Suns two games to one. We'll see. They always say a series doesn't really start till a road team wins a game, and that's very much the case here. Milwaukee looked great in Game 3. Phoenix's looked great in Game 1 and 2. 
Giannis has been yeah. unbelievable in games two and three, over 40 points in back-to-back games, and incredibly efficient and looking like the best player in the series, which he is going to need to be for them to win this series, you would have to think. Game four, what are your thoughts of what we've seen so far and what we may see in game four, Brett? Yeah, I've actually got a couple of thoughts. And my biggest takeaways, especially from the last game, uh, we're looking at uh, contributions from people not named Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, Holiday went five from 10 from three. Middleton, six for 14 from the field, three for seven from three. Not great, but he did put up 18 points. That is good. And there's the stall. Apologies to everybody listening oh. to this. Um, the, the, the biggest takeaway for me, though, was the Suns, like, they got ran out the gym, essentially. And the only thing that kept them in that game was Crowder went six for seven from three. Uh, he had 18 points. That was He didn't even have a two-point conversion. But that was really it. Like, without, without uh, Crowder just going lights out from three-point range. Like, the Suns are run out the gym. Um, and then Book, they, they got really physical with Devin Booker. He went 3-14. Uh, yeah, so he points total. Game. Yeah, it was tough, man. So, and then lastly, Aiden. They got Aiden in foul trouble, which that seems to be the key to their success. If they can get Aiden in trouble, then Frank Kaminsky and some of these no-namers are going to have to come in and fill in, uh, fill in the minutes. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm looking is that Aiden matchup, and then also I'm looking at uh, the uh, the two supporting cast members on the Bucks in Holiday and uh, Middleton. I like it. Yeah, I think that's all uh, very true. We will see what happens. Giannis has been, it's nothing short of a, well, miraculous, I guess. It's probably not an actual miracle. But he's been unbelievable the last two games. Uh, he as is good ridiculous. as he's been all season. And he is, like, he doesn't look a step slow. Yeah, those Shaq comparisons that you're seeing, like the first, the last the last player who put up 40-plus in back-to-back playoff games or finals games was, was Shaq. I don't know, man. I think Shaq is a, a valid comparison to Giannis in that the physical specimen that he is, how much more physically dominant he is than, than the rest of the league or like just humanity in general. Um, he's basically like, he's basically like a center forward. He's not like, he's not, no, he is not a point forward. It's true. He's a, he he's, is, he is he's the a most, point center. He's most effective at center when he's playing the totally. five. Like that's really you know, Robin Lopez or Brooke Lopez, whichever Lopez brother they have. I think it's Robin, right? Uh, you know, if they need to go big, but they're most dangerous when he's just playing the five and just in that dunker spot and just scoring in the key. And, you know, even when they, they just go, I've heard it basically referred to as the fullback dive where they just clear out and let him just go and Euro step all the way to the basket. Yeah, it's like a thirty-six act. It's thirty-six act if you're a running back. So you're hitting the you're hitting the whole hard. That's essentially Giannis's play from the top of the key. No doubt, no doubt. And and he's been great. Uh, but you're right. Booker was not great in Game Three. In fact, he was pretty awful. Uh, you've got they to imagine he's going to bounce back. And you know the Suns can win the series tonight with a win if if he goes off. I see no reason why he can't necessarily. Uh, Chris Paul made a bunch of key shots in Games One and Two. We'll see if yep. he can come back and make one down the stretch in game four. But I would anticipate tomorrow would be the best game of the series so far. Your point about Anna DeCupo, Giannis, the easier pronunciation there. Giannis, as a center, really is a, is a valid point. And I would, I mean, 
at some point I would love to see him with just a team designed for him to play center with shooting all around him, ball handlers, three and D guys. Like that could be just so devastating. Cause like how, who do you, how do you even guard that? Like you essentially can't play anybody like, like what position guards Giannis? Like what type of player? Like I suppose it would have to be some sort of power forward. It's super mobile, but that also has size and strength. So I don't know. Pretty interesting stuff. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, no longer is it possible for the Suns to go Suns and four. So that's something to be said there. It's quite true. Quite true. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. we could get some Suns and five if they can turn it on uh, Wednesday. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be the best game of the series so far. Let's I agree totally. Talk yeah. about uh, another team that has lost two games, much like the Bucs. Uh, team USA has now lost to Australia Ooh. and Nigeria in back-to-back uh, exhibition games, this is uh, like the U.S. was something like 52-2 and two in exhibitions before this week, and now they're 0-2. Um, they got beat pretty badly by Australia. It was an eight-point victory, but it wasn't. they were never, uh, never really in it. The loss to Nigeria was a sort of an up-and-coming team. Australia has a, a good basketball program, and and Patty Mills is an amazing, fun player to watch in these uh, exhibition games. Yeah, uh, in international so, play, they also have Joe Ingles. They've got some. They have some some pro um, some pro players. players. Although Ben Simmons, but essentially is not Joe Ingles and Patty Mills fucked up the United States last night. Like that's that's how what this boils down to. Uh, Bradley Beal and Kevin Durant got beat by Patty Mills and Joe Ingles. Well, so the, the that, scary that thing. Puts it into, is that between Kevin Durant and Dame Lillard, they shot 10 for 20 from threes and still got Yeah, it's not like they were off. Like, yeah. that's not the way this is supposed to work. This team uh, it does not have any traditional bigs. They have a lot of shooting, and they're going to need to outshoot opponents, and they shot pretty well, and they still got beat. Now, this team has Yeah, and that really- Nigeria team, it was made up of like three-quarters of the Miami Heat. Uh, Precious Achua being the best of that group, who was a rookie last year, but... Yeah, there was like three or four different uh, Miami players on that squad. They just took like a, a group photo or whatever after the game. It was pretty awesome. So there's some players, man. The 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 uh, NBA has really gone international and does have a pretty good footprint here across the world and does have, you know, a lot of talent coming in from other countries. So it's pretty interesting and it's getting more and more competitive in the U.S. But I'm sorry, in the Olympics. But there is no excuse. There never has been an excuse. Like we're talking about third tier stars that are getting that are beating like 1a stars in the nba so it just it doesn't quite match up and it could just be you know they're trying to get knock the rust off kind of get excited yeah these guys haven't going. played together ex- exhibition they haven't played together but and but this u.s team is loaded i mean oh my god got kevin durant, loaded you know this is not like just dame lillard and kevin durant should be able to beat any you know that's a backcourt that you know, or where yeah. you put Durant. Unbeatable. Those are two dudes that should be able to beat anybody in the world. You got Tatum uh, out of got Austin. Tatum. Yeah, and, they got and everybody. They've got a lot of players. Bradley Beal. They got everybody, man. Yeah. Like, they've got all of the best players, minus a couple here and there. But, yeah, no excuses to lose. But, I mean, like I said, it's an exhibition game. Like, do we really care? We're talking about practice at this point. So, practice. it is what it is. Well, practice. We'll see. Uh, something to monitor as we head towards the Olympics. Things do change after the finals. There will be players that that uh, join Olympic teams like the week before the these games start in like three weeks. It's kind of crazy. Um, 
there the IOC president slipped up today and referred to uh, the people of Japan as Chinese people because these Uh-oh. people are just total. The everyone involved with the uh, with the International Olympic Committee is just a scumbag. So, okay. I'm I'm so, so you're anti- mad at, I'm you're very mad. I'm you're, very anti Olympics. You're triggered. This is I mean I'm not triggered. That just seems like a uh, that's that's one that's a mistake you can't make. But you know whatever. I'm not uh, a uh, international Olympic committee member who's getting paid millions of dollars to just you know take money from dictators and uh, regimes that that are uh, not democratic. But anyway, let's not worry about that. Let's worry yep, about yep, Con- yep, yep. Connor McGregor. Uh, mm, mm, mm. An interesting night of fights. I don't know if you saw any of the highlights, Brad. I know you're not a big cage fighting guy. Uh, I did catch the highlights, though. I was interested. You saw. You, Connor- you got me hyped up for it. Yeah. Yeah. Con- I mean, we'll start with the main event. Obviously, Connor McGregor, uh, the notorious one, broke his his knee or his leg. So it appeared. I guess it wasn't really a. Uh, wasn't really a an ankle it was more of a it, it was a leg injury basically um now there have been a lot of conspiracy not conspiracy theories but there have been a lot of people trying to break down what actually happened how this happened how he broke it where he broke it did he kick somebody in the head did he did he slip his his coach has said that he had a, a, a injured ankle coming into the fight which is always you know I, I don't know how I feel about fighters and their camps leaking information after after a loss about injuries. It's always kind of makes me just roll my eyes. But uh, apparently he was banged up leading into it. There's been some slow motion reviews that he kicked. There was a, a kick checked. Uh, where, yeah, that's where the argument's coming in, right? Right. Because he, what, what Poirier is saying, he checked, he checked one of Connor's kicks. Because Connor came out with a heavy kick game. He checked one of the kicks and is saying that's where he thinks they broke it. But Connor's saying bullshit. So. Right. I think that's where the biggest conflict is, right? Yes. Poirier uh, pointed to a moment where he checked a kick where Connor's foot was, he was trying to kick Poirier in the thigh and he came down right on his knee. And you can see it in the fight. Poirier points at McGregor at that moment because he heard something pop. Um, there's another moment where he kicks him high and it hits him right in the elbow, which might be a hard thing, which might have injured him too. Um, but. Whatever the case may be, after the fight, McGregor was bananas as he normally is. He was screaming about how he wanted it to be a medical stoppage, a doctor stoppage, a doctor stoppage. He told Poirier and his wife that he was going to kill them in, the sl- in their sleep and made a gun, <laughs> uh, made a finger gun to the head thing. So these people oh, are Oh, man, mad. he's doing the pew-pews at him? That's, that is cold as ice. Yeah, these, pew, these guys pew, are pew. quite mad, quite mad, quite mad, quite mad, quite mad. At each other, and uh, Connor, of course, called Poirier's wife a hoe while he's sitting on the ground with it with a broken ankle. It's really amazing okay. that that dude had enough presence of mind to just continue to, to keep the feud going. Um, he didn't lose his. He didn't lose uh, track of being a troll, despite having a broken leg laying on the ground bleeding to death. And I mean, it says here the, the headline here is Conor McGregor feeling tremendous after surgery on broken leg. He's just all sunshine and smiles and. Full of, of spit and vinegar, so that's good. And of course, shouts to um, to Joe Rogan for like sitting down on the ground to do the interview with him. It was really that was funny, really something. I mean, uh, yeah, it was really, really something. So that was the the main event. I mean, it, it was a, a wild, very exciting first round, as 
would be expected between these two fighters. Um, I mean, I, I don't know who necessarily would have won that first round, but we know who won the won the battle, and uh, it's Poirier. You know, if you listen to Connor and Poirier, they both say there will be a fourth fight, which I've never seen in any combat sport. Dudes fight four yeah. times, um, but you know who knows. I well, everything we talked about before. Uh, if Connor loses his career as a main, uh, you know, as a, a title contender, is essentially over. I that was going to be my question. Is he over? I guess this this gives him a chance to keep it going a little bit longer. Um, if Poirier is open to the fourth fight, then that keeps the door open, right? It does. Because essentially now it's just a matter of having a high enough quality opponent for him to be of relevance, like going into it. So, I mean, I don't think he's going to have a hard time finding an opponent who wants to make a payday either. But this Poirier one's going to carry probably the most weight of any matchup. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens um, with Poirier's next fight. He's going to fight for the title next, and if he if he wins the title, I mean, it's it, you just don't know if he loses if he loses that title fight, and it's going to take Connor a year to fight. Then who knows where you know if that fight happens, if that makes it a contender's fight or not. If he is the champion when Connor comes back. You know, there's no way Poirier's turning down the money to fight Connor. That's the the fight that happens inside of a football stadium, and we're off to the races. So we'll see. I mean, I, who knows? If if I had as much money as Connor McGregor, I'm gonna have a real hard time busting my ass to get back in the the octagon, uh, maybe ever again. Um, but that's that's why he's different than me. So here on it, uh, I'm reading on some internet news here on Twitter. Apparently McGregor uh, posted a one minute video about his hospital bed taken after his successful surgery. He said he's going to be in crutches for about six weeks and then he'll begin rehab after that. So he'll be starting to uh, work back towards it after six weeks of being off it. I don't know what that means for being fully back into shape, but six weeks isn't that bad. No, it doesn't sound too bad. Like your, your, your bedridden parts of the, the recovery process. So, yeah, touch, we'll, yeah. Be we'll see. Ooh, and I mean, God he, blesses and stuff. he was also being cocky in the hospital bed talking shit, which, you of know, course. there's only one Conor McGregor. So, I mean, what else can yeah. you say? Humble Conor McGregor is not what people are looking for. Yeah, nobody wants that. Okay, cool. Well, it's not over. It's not over till Conor says it's over. Well, I think this podcast is over. Yeah, I think we need to do a secondary podcast. I'm sorry, not a secondary, a second edition uh, dedicated to the British Open or the Open Championship, oh, if you will. Okay, uh, that's this week, and they'll tee off Wednesday night, uh, our time. So maybe we can hop back on tomorrow sometime and just do like a little golf special or something, or maybe I'll just do a single, either, a, uh, a either solo way. shot. I I like cool. it. I like the uh, the fiance is out of town, and uh, you know I'm not trying to sound like this is exciting oh, wow. news for me. Uh, I'm well, we to, could maybe like hang out and be boys. Yeah, I'm headed to New York on Friday. This doesn't mean like, oh, girls away, let's get crazy. But I don't have to cook dinner for the family. And, and uh, so I have more, basically what it means for you, the listeners, there's more time for podcasting this week. Yeah. Uh, we got a you lot of good content. Somebody else depending on you. You can do whatever you want. That's right. And what I want to wow. do is get, bless the people with more free content. Let's yeah, get let's out get of here, Yeah, get that golf party together. All right, buddy, I'll play you out. Until next time, fam. Mm, bye-bye thanks for listening and putting up with construction